Welcome to the Nordonia Hills Branch Library podcast on nonfiction, a discussion of nonfiction specifically and reading generally. This month's podcast, Candy Freak. Well, we've reached that week which contains one of the high holy days, one of those red-letter days in any child's calendar. That would be Halloween week. On Saturday, the various ghosts, goblins, and witches, and also people of uncertain height who have uncertain costuming, will be knocking on the doors throughout the area asking for candy, or whatever treats the residents deign to give them. There's always the people that give out money, and there's people that give out the popcorn balls, especially the Euclid Beach variety. A few misguided souls will give out pretzels. Some people have actually given out bubbles to my children in little bottles, just like they're going to some wedding the next day. Now, those of you who listen to the podcast know that October holds a special place in my heart. And as usual, I am going back to the Halloween well yet again this year, but we're going to stay away from the creepy and the kooky. Instead, we're going to focus on the candy. We're going to discuss five books this month, and without a doubt, the authors of these books all share a special affinity for this particular topic. In their writing, it comes through that they realize that humans love sweets. Always sure to be a good conversation starter is to throw out this time of year among your friends, family, or coworkers, what's your favorite candy? Or what candy did you always dislike getting when you went trick-or-treating as a kid? Well, taking that idea to its natural end, i.e. book form, Our first book, and our main book this month, is written by a gentleman who is without a doubt one of the most earnest and energetic worshippers at the Temple of Candy, Steve Almond. His book is entitled, similar to our podcast, Candy Freak, A Journey Through the Chocolate Underbelly of America. Now from the get-go, he states in his prologue there's three things that you should know about Mr. Almond. One. He has eaten a piece of candy every single day of his entire life, according to him. Two, he thinks about candy at least once per hour. Like I said, enthusiastic. And three, he states that he has between three and seven pounds of candy in his house at all times, and then gives you a detailed list of what's currently there as of July 6th, 2003. Now he explains his near mania for candy thusly. As individuals, we don't choose our freak. Our freak chooses us. In his case, he's got a big old monkey on his back and it's called candy. Mr. Ullman has written a very nice, compact, page-turning book that comes in at about 250-plus pages or so, but a relatively small book. And this book is part travelogue, part history, part homage to both his love of candy, the memories it engenders in him, as well as the current manufacturers of candy, the mom-and-pop operations that are out there throughout the United States. 
Now, Steve Almond hails from the New England area, and he introduces his parts on history of candy making, as well as his own travels, from the approach of his local area candy manufacturers. Boston was once considered a hub of the confectioner's industry. As recently as 1950, there were over 140 different candy manufacturers in Boston. And the first chocolate mill ever in America was founded on the banks of the Neponset River in Dorchester, Massachusetts, by an Irish immigrant named John Hannon in 1765. Massachusetts at that point was not even a state, but just a colony. Some of the famous candies that come out of the Boston area include the Necco Wafer, the Mary Jane, as well as the Sky Bar. The author's interest and eagerness in all aspects of candy led him one day to call up one of the existing manufacturers that's still in the Boston area and ask for a guided tour. And they accommodated him. He enjoyed this so much, he decided to take a trip touring candy factories across the United States. He describes the various people and places that he visits in great detail and with great friendliness and fondness for these people who are still practicing the craft that he so enjoys. Now, as a writing style, he kind of has a smart alecky tone, but he is, of course, as I said before, in earnest about this topic. There is one experience that he shares with us in the book where he doesn't know what to do with himself when he sees an engineer who is guiding him on a factory tour demonstrating the crispness of a thin mint. Now, we're talking thin mint candy, not the thin mint cookie. Because the chocolate is prepared properly, the engineer demonstrates that coming out of the assembly line or the production line, the candy should snap in half because the chocolate is just the right consistency to be firm and not gooey. Whereupon the engineer snaps the candy in half to show Mr. Almond and then throws the candy into a trash can. The author can't believe it. This waste of candy? Right in his presence, he doesn't know what to do. Now, this admittedly is from an author who describes that he is well known to have eaten candy that has been found underneath his couch. So you don't think a whole lot of candy is going to waste in the almond household. But that humorous tone continues throughout the book. It is very refreshing reading. Now, Almond also describes those tours that were denied him. Because the candy industry is, at once, both a profitable business as well as a very secretive business. There were places where the author was denied entry to a factory for purposes of secrecy. He goes on to describe that there are certain factories where if they call a maintenance or a repair person in to the factory to repair a particular machine, they will actually blindfold that person through parts of the factory until they get to the machine that needs work, the machine in question. When dealing with the secrecy or the competitive nature of the candy business today, Almond describes it as basically there are two types of candy companies. The big three, that is Nestle, Mars, and Hershey, and everyone else. Now, if you're interested in the competitive nature of this business, the candy business, there are two books which describe in much more detail the nature of this competition and secrecy. The first one is called Chocolate Wars, 
The 150-Year Rivalry Between the World's Greatest Chocolate Makers by Deborah Cadbury If you're familiar with the candy world, you will recognize the name of Cadbury as one of the giants in chocolate manufacturing. And indeed, the author is related to the family that founded the company. However, she herself is a documentary producer. This book does take an English approach to the candy business, but also discusses the American manufacturers as well, and describes the competition, the mergers, the acquisitions, the business aspects of the candy-making industry. The other title, which Steve Ullman refers to in his book, is The Emperors of Chocolate by Joel Glenn Brenner. Brenner focuses specifically on the competition between the two big American manufacturers, Hershey's and Mars. She goes into great details exploring the history of Milton Hershey as well as Forrest Mars, the founders of the respective companies. And she tells about how cutthroat this competition has been over the years. It is in all likelihood that your favorite candy manufacturer of yesteryear has been gobbled up by a larger company in the years since you grew up. That tends to be a theme that's repeated throughout some of these books on the history of candy making, especially in the United States. But with our Candy Freak book, Steve Allman keeps upbeat throughout, pauses for some musings about this and that in terms of places he was not able to gain admission to, or candies that have disappeared, or manufacturers that are no longer in business. He also has very strong opinions about what he does and doesn't like in the candy world in terms of individual candies now. He has one section in his book, a subchapter which is entitled Mistakes Were Made, where he lists the candies that are not worthy of consumption, including Circus Peanuts, Boston Baked Beans, Jordan Almonds, and others. He does not hold his opinions back when it comes to those things that he dislikes in candy. If you still have your freak on after reading Mr. Almond's book, head on over to two other books that we can suggest. One is Sweets, A History of Candy by Tim Richardson, which is a definitive volume and has a much broader scope. It is international in scale. It touches on the making of candy from ancient times all the way up to the modern day. So you'll find out about the developments of sweets in India and China and the Middle East and South America and in North America and, of course, Europe. It is indexed and has an extensive bibliography, and if you want a one-stop history of candy, this would be a very wonderful book to begin with. If you are more interested in browsing your candy history, check out Candy, the Sweet History by Beth Kimmerly. This one is a larger format book with a very distinctive and bold red cover with wonderful photography throughout, highly illustrated both of candies as well as notable candy wrappers and marketing posters. There's even a page in there with a whole sheet of wacky packages. Of the five books discussed today, that is by far the most easily browsable. One theme that runs throughout all five of these books, that you believe after reading them, is that the authors really do enjoy their topic matter, and really enjoy candy itself. One thing that some of them touch on, but especially Steve Almond, is the entire personal feeling, nostalgia, and memory that's wrapped up with the candies that you grew up with. 
as personal as it is to sit down and break bread with someone over a meal, it's also a very personal experience to share candy with someone or to have someone give you candy for a job well done or for a special occasion. It could be your grandma or grandpa that shares a mint or a butterscotch toffee or a root beer barrel back in your youth, a parent or teacher who gave you something as a treat, or even, like all these kids here at the end of the week, going out to collect their candy via trick-or-treat. For some of these kids, the candies that they collect in 2015 will be the makings of a memory that they'll remember years down the road, just as we remember the candies that we collected back in the days of our youth, long ago when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Candy Freak captures that essence of how much memory is wrapped up in a single bar of chocolate, a single lollipop, a single fruit chew. And the book does it in a very enjoyable way. One last caution before you sit down to read any of these books, you're going to want to make sure you've had a solid meal beforehand because within the first 10 pages, you're going to be looking around the room wondering where a piece of candy is that you can pop in your mouth. We hope you have a safe and happy Halloween and that you get all the treats that you deserve. Join us again next month when we'll discuss another topic on nonfiction. Until then, we'll see you at your Nordonia Hills Branch Library. Music by 20 Riverside. Provided by Mevio's Music Alley. Music.mevio.com Thanks for listening.